0: a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord. Before we dive into the word of God, I want to wish a happy birthday to my mother-in-law, Mamo. Today's her birthday. God bless you, Mamo. Amen. Today is our cultural awareness Sunday. We're celebrating our Asian American and Pacific Islander brothers and sisters in the body of Christ here at church. We're thankful for a diverse body. We're thankful for the various hues of skin that we all bear. We're thankful for the the wonderful languages that make up the body of Christ here at Mission if we took a poll, there would probably be more than 20 different languages spoken here by the people of God in different cultures, and we're blessed to celebrate each and every one, amen? Another thing that we have been highlighting this month is mental health awareness. Just wanting you to know that in Scripture, it's very biblical and healthy for people to be able to combine both faith faith and support, whether it's psychological, whether it's through pastoral counseling, whether it's through personal therapy that people need to heal or to overcome the challenges that they experience, that they're dealing with, overcoming trauma, overcoming a host of things that are pressing in upon each and every one of us. In our men's study yesterday, here on Saturday morning, we talked about the various issues that men go through and have been carrying and shouldering. How the role of men has been diminished in society in many ways, and how men silently carry the burden of the challenges that they face. And we're not here. We're not complaining. We're just, we're talking about the just the real issues that men carry silently. Men oftentimes don't open up a whole lot. Dads, grandfathers, uncles, brothers often don't talk about the struggles that they face or oftentimes don't know how to deal with things. And so they suffer in silence. And traditionally, it's thought that that women are more emotional, are able to express themselves more easily. But guess what? Our sisters go through many things as well, bearing the burden of so many different things in the world. The weight of mothering, carrying on as if nothing's wrong, but sometimes our mothers are dying from the inside out. And so it's very important that we, the body of Christ, can come together to support one another when we're going through various trials like divorce, like loss, like loss of job or occupation, struggling with issues that affect our own children. How many of you know as parents, we struggle when our parents, I mean our kids struggle and the children struggle when, when what? When parents are going through issues. So it's really important that we as families are able to talk and pray and come together and open up about the things that we're going through. You know, in many cultures, it's taboo to talk about the things that you're struggling with because you'll be seen as weak. Or you can't handle it or something's wrong with you. Well, newsflash. There's something wrong with all of us. We all got something that we're going through. But Christ has given us the power. Jesus has given us the ability. The Word of God has given us the covering. The Word of God is giving us the answers, the support, the comfort, and the direction to overcome any challenge that we may face in this life. There's a little flyer there in your bulletin. If you can read that flyer, fill it out and drop it off in the foyer. We'd love to get some in- input for you from you as to some of the classes and workshops that we'd like to offer and bring to the body of Christ. Through our pastoral ministry and our leaders here at Mission. Okay, so question, how many of us have been reading through Psalm 119 this past week? I've been seeing a great response. It's the 22-day Bible challenge. We've been reading through one section every day. Today's the eighth day. You'll be receiving the, the eighth day's reading uh, later this afternoon. Um, we started it last Sunday, and we read the first eight verses, and so we're, we're at day eight right now. I want to encourage you to go into the eighth section of Psalm 119 where you can allow the word of God. My family and I have been getting together for this whole week. Last night we weren't able. I was gone all night. We'll have to catch up today and read two sections together. It's been a blessing to call the kids and round up the family in the evening. Everybody crowds onto our our king-size bed at our home. You know, we have a king-size bed because my wife is so tall. (laughs) Anything less. uh, She's hanging, her feet are hanging hanging off the edge. My my feet are barely halfway down the, the, the bed. But watch this. Every night that I've called the family meeting, yes, I, I'm patting myself on the back on that one. Every night that I said, okay, family, it's time to bring it up like a huddle, like a coach. The boys run from their room, come down the hallway and jump on the bed and they're eager and they're ready. And we only spend 10, 15 minutes. We read the passage. We've been rotating, reading the passage and then having a time of prayer, covering one another's prayer requests Talking about the different things that we're going through as a family or individually and covering those in in prayer. And then we send them off and, all right, get out of here. Skedaddle. You can leave mom and dad's bedroom now. Sometimes they don't even want to leave, huh, baby? It's been a blessing. Um, If you haven't been receiving those text messages from our MEFC mobile cell phone number, um, you could save that number too. Save it, just put MEFC mobile. That's way, our way of communicating to you. We need a way to contact you if you're not receiving those text messages. And we need a way to update your name or your family in our church directory. If so if you're not a part of the church directory just quite yet, it's trust me, it's because we're, we want to respect everybody's privacy. But if we don't know that you're not in the church directory and you'd like to be... Um, in it. And we only use it for church purposes. We don't use it for solicitation. We don't use it to promote anybody's personal business or company. It's very private. And the access to our church directory is limited to only six of our main administrators of our church. Just want you to know that. Amen? Okay. Now that we've taken care of some of our housekeeping items, we are going to turn um, to a time of prayer and then a reading of the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, it's only by your grace, your mercy, and your love that we are all here together in one room. Lord, I pray that you would be with us on this Sunday morning as we ask you in your word to teach us, correct us, encourage us, support us, and help us, save us. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would open up our minds, our hearts, and our spiritual eyes to see wonderful things in your law. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, and everyone said, put your hands together, Mission Ebenezer. Come on, come on, Mission. Make some noise for the Lord today. Exodus chapter 18. Every family deals with conflict. And every family goes through difficult times at some point in their lives. And Scripture is very clear. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, don't turn to 2 Timothy. You can write that down if you want. You should be turning to Exodus 18, because that is going to be our launching pad and our study of the Word this morning. But 2 Timothy 3.16, look what it says. Or listen to what it says. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When it says for the man of God, it means for all people, so that we may be prepared, thoroughly equipped, for every good work. And so when it, wherever we're going through things, the word of God has your answers for you. Never in the history of humanity have we had a more clearer way to seek the word of God, to study the word of God, to access even through internet to look up various issues, family um, situations or problems that you may be going through. You go to the internet, you type in something, you type in Bible search, and it'll give you various word searches and, and Bible references that you might want to read to help you through your situation. And this is, what, this is what it says now in Exodus chapter 18. Now, Jethro, the priest of Midian and father-in-law of Moses. Everybody say, father-in-law of Moses heard of everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. After Moses had sent away his wife Zipporah, everybody say, he sent her away. His father-in-law Jethro received her and her sons. That means Moses' sons one son was named Gershom for Moses said I have become an alien in a foreign land and the other was named Eliezer for he said my father's God was my helper he saved me from the sword of Pharaoh Jethro, Moses' father-in-law together with Moses' sons and wife came to him in the desert where he was camped near the mountain of God. Jethro had sent word to him I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and your two sons. Notice here how Jethro communicated to his son-in-law what his intentions were. And he sent word, we're coming over. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses said to his father-in-law, told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake, and about all the hardships that they had met along the way, and how God had saved them. Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel in rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. Verse 10, he said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh, and who rescued the people from the hand of uh, of the Egyptians. Verse 11. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God, and Aaron and all of the leaders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law in the presence of God. Somebody say they grubbed. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from morning till evening. Pay attention right here. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, he asked the question, you guys. He didn't just start judging. He didn't just start wagging his finger. He didn't just start breaking him off or embarrassing him. He called Moses over and he says, What is this that you are doing for the people? He asked another question. Why do you alone sit as the judge while all these people stand around you from morning until evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Praise God. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and laws. Moses knew the word of God and was teaching them the word. Moses' father-in-law replied, verse 17, what you are doing is not good though. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you and you cannot handle it alone, Moses. Mijo, you need to get some help. Can't do it all by yourself, Mijo. The work is too heavy for you. You can't handle it alone. Listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. So Moses was now called to be the one to pray for the people and to bring up the various issues that the people were bringing to him before the Lord. Watch this. But then teach them the decrees and laws and show them the way to live and the duties that they are to perform. In other words... Jethro said, Moses, you need to equip your leaders and your people and teach them the word of God and place it in each child of God. Dispense the word of God, distribute the word of God, delegate, equip, and raise up everybody to know what you know. That is to know the word of God the way you know the word of God, Moses. That's Moses' job as the teacher, the preacher, the equipper, the deliverer, the pastor, the king, the judge of Israel. Are you tracking so far, church? Watch this. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That's called organization. Have them serve as judges for all the people at all times, but have them bring every difficult case to you simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. We're coming down to the end. Here we go. If you do this and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain and all these people will go home satisfied, receiving what they came for, receiving the answers to their questions. Having their disputes handled by a fair party, an objective party. Amen. Hang with me, church, hang with me. Don't want to miss this. Watch this. Verse 24 Moses listened to his father in law and did everything that he said. Let me read that again. Verse 24 Moses listened to his father-in-law and did every, everything he said. He chose capable men from all of Israel and made them leaders of the people. Officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. They served as judges for the people at all times. The difficult cases they brought to Moses, but the simple ones they decided themselves. Verse 27, then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. The word of the Lord Somebody say the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Moses was going through a family issue. Moses was not just going through the strain of leading the people of Israel and the difficulty of what it was like to lead a massive people. Millions of people, imagine the the laundry list of items and the the to-do list and the people that he needed to meet with and the meetings that he had from sunup to sundown of all the people. Moses had great intentions and the work of the Lord that he had taken on was a very serious work, which is why he was very Zealous for the Lord and wanting to make sure that he gave the proper attention to everything that he was doing on God's behalf. And on behalf of the people because Moses loved the people. So the issue that Moses faced was, was here in this scripture was not just only about the way he was leading the people of Israel Today. The way I would like to frame this passage and the way I would like for us to understand this passage is to see it through the lens of family resolution and conflict management. Having a healthy way to communicate and a healthy way to deal with the issues that families all go through. Notice the Bible says that that Moses' wife, Zipporah, everybody say Zipporah. Zipporah. She was a black woman from the place of of Midian in the desert, and her father was the high priest of Midian. Amen. Jethro was a very influential, a very a very wealthy man, a very well-to-do man. Amen. He was a man of power and authority. He knew how to lead massive, massive groups of people. Amen. We need to understand that when Moses left Egypt and God sent him away from Egypt to go and, and prepare himself the first 40 years of, of Moses' life he spent in Egypt before he had killed one of the Egyptian soldiers. And he fled because they were coming for his head. God took him and sent him into Midian. For the next 40 years he lived there with Jethro and in the desert as God began to prepare him to break him down and to prepare him for leadership in a different way. Where he could lean on all the wisdom that he was raised with in the palace of Egypt. As one of the sons of Pharaoh, Moses was raised with all that wisdom. Imagine that. God was going to redeem and utilize everything that Moses was, everything that he grew in, everything that he knew now for the benefit of the people of God. So God prepared Moses the second 40 years of his life, and it's now at the, at, during the, the third section of, of his life, From 80 years and up, God was now going to teach Moses how to lead the people of Israel at the age of 80. So he was older. Zipporah must have been younger. His son's names were Gershom and Eliezer. Gershom means stranger in a foreign land. Eliezer means the Lord has been my help. Praise the Lord. Names that have meaning. And Moses wanted to be a good husband. Moses wanted to be a good father. And he had great intentions, but he was not able to give his family the attention that they need. He wasn't able to be there for them the way they needed them. And so he thought the best thing that he could do was send his wife and his sons to go and live with his father-in-law so that they could have comfort and have the things that they need. Because Moses was swamped with work. Because that's all that Moses knew. And God chose to use Jethro. I want to highlight a couple of really, really cool things here in the scripture. Zipporah goes home to her dad and tells her all the things that are going on back home. Is that familiar to some of us? You have family disputes and marriages and, you know, husband or wife go home and have to say what's going on. But what I love about. Jethro is that he didn't jump to conclusions. What I love about Jethro is he didn't go off writing off Moses as some some wicked man or some bad husband, bad father. He listened. Of course, he wanted the best for his daughter and for his grandsons and for Moses, his son in law. So he said to his daughter, Zipporah, you know what's best is, is if we all go back up there to Moses and where he is sitting as judge and and let's, let's see what's going on. I'd like to see for myself. Let's go and have some time of fellowship. And let's, let's break some bread together. Let's have the boys come back with us and enjoy this journey. And, and let's see if I can sit down with Moses and, and look at the way he's leading. And look at some things and, and get your home back in order. So the Bible says that Moses... Excuse me, that Jethro, look what it says. In verse 7, after Jethro sent word that they were coming back up, he didn't just surprise them. He didn't just show up out of nowhere. He sent word. He says, hey, we're coming over. Verse 7 says, so Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. Number one, I want to emphasize here is that Moses maintained a high level of respect. For his father-in-law. Respect. And Moses honored his father-in-law. Says that he bowed down to him as was customary. This is important for us in our generation to know for us as adults and for our children how to have respect for our elders in this day and age. Teach your children not to greet elders or their elders like with what's up or hey man. Or, what, what's going on? Teach them to say good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Teach them to do the right thing and to speak honorably and respectfully to their elders. Yeah. Reestablish order in your homes, and that is a biblical mandate and a commandment honor your father and your mother. How many fathers, how many mothers do we have in the community? How many uncles and aunties do we have in the community? I love our Samoan. Brothers and sisters in culture, our Pacific Islander brothers and sisters who have such a high respect for their elders. I love that. We could all learn from one another here in Los Angeles and within the body of Christ, of what this looks like and how this gets played out. After Jethro visits Moses, Moses receives him and says they greeted him each other, and then went into the tent to have a little powwow. So what's, you know, so how are you doing? Oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm so swamped. Haven't had much time for anything. Moses was probably distraught, probably all nerve stricken. Jethro was just observing. They caught up. Moses told them all the great things that God had done with him and their people. Jethro received the word and says, man, it is so amazing, and it is it is very clear that God is with you, and God is moving in your midst. And Jethro affirmed Moses. Jethro affirmed, everybody say, he affirmed, he affirmed him. You know, how many of us as men want to be affirmed in the hard work that we do? Mothers, in the hard work that you do as mothers. Some of us, some mothers working and, and, and never, never, um, Getting off of their feet until late at night. Dad's doing the same thing. Everybody finding the rhythm of life. And somewhere along the way, there's difficulty. There's breakdown of communication. There's challenges that we all face that end up bringing these points to a place of communication. Where communication is needed. And it's all here in scripture. After they talked and, and shared pleasantries and gave reports to one another. Look what it says, verse 12. The next day, Jethro, Moses' his father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God, and Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' his father-in-law in the presence of God. They had a feast together. Hey, let's all get the family together. Let's celebrate a birthday. Let's, let's get together for Father's Day, Mother's Day. Let's, let's all come together and just have a little Sunday afternoon. Gathering after church like old times where mama cooks and where everybody comes together at grandpa and grandma's house. How many of you know that young people need to be around their grandparents? Young people, you need to sit at the table with your grandparents. You need to listen to the stories of your grandparents. You need to learn and glean from the wisdom that's there and it will save you a whole lot of heartache and a whole lot of trouble. And same thing goes for us middle-aged folks that are going through the, the, uh, the midpoint in our lives. I'm in the second portion of that, just like Moses was in that, that, that time of preparation. I heard something yesterday at a, at a commencement address. It was really, really cool. He said, um, one, of the, one of my brothers, Steve Pinto, says, he goes, I, I, I believe in the 20-40-60 rule. He said, in your 20s, up until you're 20, you think too much about what people think about you. From 20, and then he said, from 20 to 40, you don't care about what people think anymore, and you're focused on what you got to do. He said, and from 60 and on, you realize nobody's even thinking about you. And we made it too big of an issue. That was good. So they had a time of fellowship and they broke bread together. Everybody say they broke bread. Hey, you ever want to get to talking to somebody and get to opening up to hear somebody's heart and to hear what's going on in their mind and what's troubling them, sit down and eat and break bread. And, and you know, food is the magic way to somebody's heart is what I heard. That's how I got, that's how I got Sister Boomy. Man, back in college, I could make some mean spaghetti. Some mean top ramen. Lazy man soup. She would be on her way to study hall. And I would call her up before she left her, her studio in Culver City. And it's like, what are you doing? On my way to, hey, why don't you come by uh, my apartment here at Kelton Avenue. This is at UCLA. And she'd swoop up, pull up in her car. And I'd take her a little Tupperware, some spaghetti like that. Try to sneak in a little kiss on the cheek. And she'd be like, uh-uh. I'll see you later. I'll see you later, sucker. The way to someone's heart is through food, amen. They had some fellowship. Jethro broke bread with Moses and they had a wonderful time, and everybody received Jethro. You see, that's wisdom. You wanna, you wanna, you want to help somebody? You want to talk to somebody that you know is going through a tough time? You don't just say, hey, man, can we, sit, can we get together? Can we just sit down and you just go in? And, and so how's things going? And, and, and you, you got to finesse things. Sometimes you got to ask questions. Some, hey, let's go have a bite to eat. Let's grab some coffee. Or, or, you know, let's go for a walk at the beach. Let's do something that you know the other person really, really enjoys. And right there, their, their, their heart will just start to open up like a flower. And you guys will be able to have fellowship. Amen? The word of God is speaking to us. Look what it says in verse thirteen. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people, and they stood around him from evening, uh, from morning until evening. Now it was a time for Jethro after he had heard everything that Moses had said. Everybody say heard. That means that Jethro was asking questions and he was listening. Jethro, the wise old man, was asking the questions and listening to what Moses had to say. Because when you're young, and when you're busy, and when you're doing, and when you're building, and when you're trying, and when you're growing, and when you're expanding, you want to talk about the things that you're doing. You want to bounce off ideas with people to see if you're on the right track. And Jethro gave Moses the opportunity to do that one day. They spoke and they had a time of fellowship. And then now it says that Jethro came the next day to see Moses in action. And that's called observing. That's called watching and not speaking. Are you with me so far? That's called watching and not speaking. He went and observed and he watched. And Jethro saw what Moses was doing and he was taking mental notes of everything that was going on. And he goes, oh, I see. Why Zipporah? had to come and explain that she was unhappy and that she was struggling and she felt neglected and the boys didn't have access to their daddy. They saw that he was a hard worker and he was teaching them how to work and all these other great characteristics and these great attributes of hard work, but there was still an emotional Disconnect. There was still something missing there in the relationship at home that Gershom and Eliezer needed and that Zipporah needed in order that their marriage would be healthy, in order that their marriage could thrive, not just survive, but thrive. I'm a married man, and, and, and I want my marriage not just to survive, it's just to make it and say, hey, you know, well, hey, we made it. I want my wife and I to just keep going to new levels. I want our family to be able to establish a foundation of love and and communication and openness and support and physical presence with our children so that we could give them the best that God has to offer them through us as we give and pour into them the word of God and the teachings and the correction and the instruction for the word of God and training in righteousness that is God-breathed and that is spoken and received by the people of God so that we can take the kingdom of heaven, which is Jesus Christ, and we embody the kingdom of heaven. And we embody everything that Jesus has placed in us. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to give us all the answers here in his word. And so look what it says now in verse 14. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you're doing with your people? Why do you alone sit and judge while all these people stand around you from morning until evening? We see how Jethro asked the questions. He, he asked, everybody say he asked questions. That's wisdom. That's not just gray-haired wisdom. That's biblical wisdom for all of us. You need to have a conversation with your older sister? Ask questions. You need to have a, a conversation with your, your younger brother? Ask questions. Break bread. Communicate. Pray. Desire one's best. Let's continue in the word. Moses answered him. Now Jethro gave him a chance to talk. Because the people come to me to seek God's will. I don't think Moses meant any harm to himself, his marriage, his family. He He didn't mean to cause burnout in his own life. He didn't mean to suck up all the hours and time and energy that he had on the issues of people and neglect his own spiritual life, his own relationship with the Lord. But Jethro said, you need to just get a little bit more organized so that you have the time to go to the Lord and bring all the issues and the petitions and the prayer requests and the situations before God and then ask the Holy Spirit through the Word of God to give you The wisdom that you need to lead your people and to raise up others that can help you lead your people. And today, this is not necessarily a a lesson on leadership. It's more of a lesson on family dynamics. Because most of the time, whenever people face issues or problems or situations, you know, within their own homes, they're like, hey, man, tell your mom and dad to keep their... You know, their, their nosy selves, you know, their, their nosy questions and their stuff to themselves. Tell them to stay out of our business. Well, of course, there is going to be that response if people are coming at one another sideways, judging each other, blasting out each other on Facebook and saying, you know, you, knew, you thought you knew somebody until, and people putting family issues out there on Facebook and social media and all this stuff right here. It's nobody else's business. It's nobody else's business, but for us as family, as friends, to to take these things before the Lord within the confidence of one another. With the help of the Lord, through humility, not pride, not selfish desires, selfish gain, not to be the one that, you know, oh, they didn't fix their problems until I helped them. But guess what? Here we see Moses receptive to Jethro. After Jethro broke it all down, look what it says in verse 24. Moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything that he said. He went on and organized everything and took care of Israel, and man, things started to just flow smoothly. But what are the things that we see here that were being played out in the relationship, in the, in the, the context of the family dynamic? That family was able to come in. That Zipporah did felt, feel safe enough to go and back home to mom and dad and talk about the situation that she was going through with her own husband without making him out to be a bad guy. Without, make, without making, making him out to be evil without going into detail about everything that's going on, but go and say, you know, we're going through a tough time. Because the moment you want to see things change, the moment you want to see things get better, you got to be careful that you don't triangulate people in such a way as to where you create divisions within your own family without you even knowing it. Because now your side of the family can't even forgive Your spouse on the other side that's having to take on all these situations of the dispute, the disagreement, the fight, the argument that you had. You see, we've been going through the family series since the beginning of May, kicking it off with the family altar. With the Mother's Day message last week, establishing the word of God at the center of your family, your home today today on family conflict but healthy conversations at home that promote good mental health, good emotional health, ways of communicating that are healthy and not in the form of gossip or rumors or unforgivable statement or stories, but seeking God and asking for the Lord to give you wisdom and how to broach these issues even with those that you need help from in ways that they can in a healthy way, help you through your situation. Amen, church? It says that Moses listened to his father-in-law. He maintained the respect and the honor for his father-in-law. He didn't tell, hey, man, you know, you worry about your own family, bro. I got mine. We have to take a step back sometimes. We recognize the situation that we're in. We need help sometimes. What I love about Moses was that he was open to receive the instruction, the words of life. He was open to receive the questions that Jethro had for him and not make him defensive, not make him closed off or feel like, oh, man, you're prying. Oh, I don't want to talk about this stuff. But actually Moses, as the leader of Israel, as the head man, the chief, as the mero mero, as the mafioso, (laughs) was open to some wisdom and some advice from somebody who had been around the block a couple of times. You know, sometimes we get too caught up and stuck in our pride that we don't want to listen or answer to anybody. Sometimes parents don't want to listen to their kids when the kids have to be the grown one and bring up difficult situations that they need to talk to their own parents about. Praise God for children who are finding the spiritual strength and the maturity to be able to have mature and healthy conversations to deal with family conflict and family situations in a biblical manner. Jethro spoke life, correction, offered wisdom. And watch this. This is a a tremendous nugget. What was also happening was by virtue of Moses taking on all the problems and handling all the situations for all the people, he had began to pacify his own leaders and his own people. Because they were not being empowered or equipped to be able to handle situations, conflict, problems, and things that they were very capable of handling. Jethro said, Moses, it's time for you to no longer allow your people to be passive or to be pacified, but to be strengthened, to be encouraged. Now that you are equipping them up and that you're preparing them and you have taught them the word that God has placed in you and you have given them... The way to see the things, the way God has instructed you to see them through his will. And now you are sending them to do the work that they need to do. So now everybody's growing and everybody's developing and everybody's getting wiser and stronger. Amen? Amen. Here we go. Let's wrap it up. Verse 27, then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way, and Jethro returned to his own country. You know what that meant, right? Moses reconciled with his wife, and got his house back in order, had a family meeting with Gershom and Jethro, and he says, man, boys, I have failed you. I have messed up. But what, you know what Moses did? He didn't go lick his wounds and go, you know, find a corner to go and crawling and dying, Moses said, I'm sorry, I messed up. I could have done better. I'm learning. I'm trying to get used to this whole leading the people of Israel, you know, God's people thing. And watch this. But he reestablished the order of their home and he took his seat again there in his home with proper respect and proper honor because his wife received, his, received him and forgave him. His, his sons forgave him and said, thank you, Daddy. We still love you. So Moses was leading by example and demonstrating that he could receive that, ask for their forgiveness and reestablish their, their family dinner table and their conversation and put smiles back on his boys' faces and go to, go to Dick Sporting Good and, and be there to buy them the batting gloves and the soccer cleats and to be at the practices and to watch them hit the home run and to make the error to lose the game. But he was there. Somebody say he was there. When Moses was able to give Jethro the word that you can go back, man, I got the memo. I got it. We got it. We're working this thing out. We're fixing things. We're getting things back in order. The Lord had brought restorative grace and power and life to the home of Moses, who was the people of Israel, who enabled him to be an even greater leader, a more powerful leader, a better father, a better husband, so on and so forth. Praise God when we learn, even in our older age, ways to be better through the Word of God. We're teaching through the Word of God today. This is the Word of God. It is bread. It is manna. It is the body of Christ that is being broken and opened up for all of us to come and gather around the table so that we can be edified, so that we can be corrected, so that we can be instructed, so that we can be whole, so that we can be healthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Imagine if Moses would have, would have not received what Jethro had brought. He says, don't worry about it, man. I know what I'm doing. I was, you know, raised in Egypt. Man, I'm a son of Pharaoh. Haven't you seen my resume? I'm part of the first. I was part of the first family. But no, Moses was humble. The Bible says in Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-six, Jesus, in one of his teachings, says, "For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? What will it profit any of us if we go trying to win the whole world and we lose our families, lost in pursuing things that that we think should be the priorities when?" In fact, the most important thing should be our relationship with God, our families, and then everything else. You can just figure it out, put it all in order after that. And make your decisions based off your priorities that God has given to you through the word of God. What should I do? What are your priorities according to the word of God and to the way the Lord has shown you how to handle things? Your priorities will always align with God's will through scripture. Through the Bible. Amen.